0: and salutations from Gumbyland. This is Drubert McDrewbag. This, what you have found, whether it be by accident or on purpose or, you know, if you're a subscriber. By the way, uh, I'd like to give a big shout-out to uh, all my listeners. Also a huge shout-out to uh, Barack Lesnar and the Agents of Surveillance over at the Bro. Uh, if you get a chance, go listen to their podcast. I'm telling you right now, it's not a dime a dozen. And if you search podcasts, you know, wherever, even my show is kind of a dime a dozen. Um, the only difference being that the other 11 not being hosted by a Gumby. The Bro, and with the agents of surveillance, this is a show that I will use as preparation for my show. Um, and the, the only agents of surveillance that I'm happy to be 100% transparent uh, is is to those fellas. So a big shout out to Barack Lesnar and, and his team. Uh, go give them a, a listen. It's a fantastic show. Insight, entertainment, analysis. Uh, makes you look at things from a really different perspective. And I am pro that. All right, today on this show, I'm going to talk about... Um, what do we got on the list? We're going to talk about the Bohemian Grove. I'm uh, going to cover an article from Blacklisted News. Also another article regarding some of these caravan folk that are uh, coming up from the south. Um, I'd like to discuss time. And how it feels like time is just racing lately. Uh, We're going to talk about that, dissect that, read some articles from psychologists and scientists on why that could be, and then I'll give you my opinion, Um, which doesn't really mean much, but it is what it is. This is the Drew World Order episode entitled Coincidence Theorist, which I don't happen to be one, uh, but I... Like to listen to them. It's fascinating to hear, you know, people talk about like, well, you know, it just had to be a perfect storm for all that stuff to happen. Like, oh, coincidence, theorist. All right, let's get going right out of the gate. Uh, first thing I thought I would do today, um, the Drew World Order is the name of my show. And I would like to get across to people that what I do not wish to happen is to replace a world disorder entitled the new world order with my own system of global government um it's just catchy and fun and it sounded good to me i actually paid eighty-five thousand dollars for you know a consulting firm to give me some name ideas and logos uh not really Uh, i could do it just as well as they do which makes me wonder like you know Maybe I should go to these companies that are asking consul- consulting firms to do that and just like give them half the bid. Like, listen, I'll do it on Photoshop or on my phone on Pixlr for like 25 grand. Save you $75,000. Uh, but hey, that's neither here nor there. Uh, what I would like to do is I'd like to talk a little bit about me. Not for very long, but just to give you some information on my background and, you know, who's your host? Because I'd like to know who my host is when I'm listening to a podcast. Um, but like I said, not very long because I can't stand people that talk about themselves. Uh, my name is Drew, and I am 34 years old. I turned 35 here in, I don't know, like two, three weeks. June 27th, you do the math. Um, when I was 21, well, let me just start in 2004. I voted for George W. Bush. Um, I, okay, yep, I'll uh, I'll wait till you return from puking. And everybody good? Okay, cool. So and it was shortly after to that. It was sometime in two thousand, and it would have been two thousand five. I was at CC's Pizza with a few friends, and we had just finished up a long day of mowing yards. And one of my friends was a conspiracy. He was into conspiracies. He was also into a whole hell of a lot of other stuff, and I didn't know-it-all. So I didn't take it too seriously at the time. Um, but we got kicked out of CC's Pizza because him and I got into an argument. Me being, you know, pro-George W. Bush, pro-GOP, pro-Republican, pro-preemptive strike, pro-let's-attack-without-any-proof-of-weapons-of-mass-destruction, pro-everything. You know, I I was just reciting the programming that I was watching on Fox News, CNN, and MSNBC. Um, And while I cannot remember what he said... ...that caused me to look into something. It had something to do with NAFTA. I think it had something to do with NAFTA and uh, the FEMA regions. There are seven FEMA regions. And I believe that in Kansas, we are part of Region 7. Long story short, I went home that night and just to prove him wrong... ...attempted to find, you know, facts... And citations, anything that could show him I was right. And what I came to discover was that I was the person in the wrong. And, um, you know, I really haven't ever stopped. That's been, that's been 10, what, well, no, that's 2019, by the way, holy shit. Uh, 14 years. So 14 years now. Usually, when I'm not obligated to my child or family, And I don't mean obligated, but when I'm not doing Drubert things, like hanging out with my family, watching movies, uh, working, whatever it is that I do, I usually spend every waking minute um, scouring the internet, the United Nations white pages, declassified documents, forums, websites, uh, anything That would help me understand, grasp, and attempt to disclose some of this crazy stuff that has been happening behind the scenes for a long time. And I don't, I mean, more than a dozen years, more than a hundred, way more than a hundred. So I, my ego took a big deflation that night and it continues to do so. Because when you find out that everything you've ever been taught is a lie, it really does not, it's not that fun. And you feel like you've been hoodwinked. Uh, You want to say like, I've been hoodwinked too. Don't hoodwink me. Um, So yeah, I was like really pissed off that I had been hoodwinked. I was 22 years old and I felt like uh, very disappointed At the same time, you know, you can go one or two ways from that. You could, it's certainly terrifying to read some of the stuff that uh, I read. Um, Some of the stuff that we talk about, it's terrifying. Nobody wants to think about that. It's a world on fire. And, you know, you want to say like, what shot do we have? What chance do we have? Well, back then when I first found out, I would usually just like launch all this information, whether people wanted it or not, you know, at them and say, you have to read this. It's a matter of, like, the human species is, a, is at stake here. And I would force feed it down people's throat, and that usually turns them off even more. Uh, so, you know, as I've refined how I place this information in front of people, I have one rule, and it helped me to to, like, really formulate this rule. That rule is the manipulation of free will... Is against uh, my personality and what I ho- hope to accomplish. You know, 14 years ago, I would say that people don't—they do not know what's best for their free will. So, let me just hijack it for you and hope that you help you understand and hope that you understand the ramifications and how severe this situation is. But I digress. So now. And for those of you listening, I mean, obviously you're here because you want to be here. You don't play this unless you want to listen to it. Uh, and I appreciate that. By the way, big time shout-out to long, probably my longest fan and longest listening fan. And I believe she's listened to every single episode uh, since we started. Uh, big shout-out to Carol. Carol is a good friend. And the professor um, says that uh, she's the greatest lady on the face of the planet. So shout out to Carol. Anyways, so who am I? My name, well, as you know, my name's Drew. I am a college graduate. I graduated from Wichita State University with a bachelor's in sport management. And I know what you're asking yourself, like, how does that make you qualified to talk about the new world order? Well, it doesn't. What does is I have 14 years of, Reading, researching, uh, tr- basically s- ba- being immersed in everything that comes with the territory of that term, new world order, and there are a lot of things that come with the territory. So, uh, you know, I was fascinated by all the different facets, uh, the money, the money system. Human trafficking is a big one. Pedophilia, Satanism, the occult, uh, the geopolitical aspects. I mean, there isn't really anything when it comes to these people uh, or this force or this group. Th- there's not really anything that I'm not interested in, as far as you know what they are thinking or what they what their game plan is. Um, I was talking to somebody last night. And we were talking about uh, we were talking about Eyes Wide Shut, the movie. And he, this my friend, asked me, "He's like, so you're telling me that like an average Saturday night for you and me would be watching a movie, going out to eat, whatever. Uh, an average Saturday night for these people would maybe consist of uh, a ritual." uh something that is considered to be extremely evil and awkward from normal everyday people uh and that that's really tough to grasp because you know how do you tell people that hey you have all these people from around the world who've never met saying that they've seen these people at rituals and and doing these satanic sex rituals and they're involved in, you know, uh sacrificing people, animals They're involved in some strange, strange things. Um things that you would not think normal everyday black suits or dark suits that serve us serve their country, their you know wherever, wherever they're from. You wouldn't think that they'd be into shit like that. Uh but I hate to say it that that's what they are into. Um so You know, my background, 14 years of, I remember in college, when I was not studying sports management, I wasn't really a social butterfly. Um, I would spend almost every waking minute when I wasn't at work or studying at the library, uh, you know, in the middle of Wichita State campus up on the third floor, tucked away in a corner with about five to 10 books and just taking notes and reading, uh, one of the very first books I read on this matter, I read David Rockefeller's, uh, a David Rockefeller book. I can't remember which one. And I also read some Zbigniew Brzezinski. Uh, I think it was called The Grand Chessboard. And, uh, you know, I couldn't figure out why I was never told this. But these people in their books, whoever it might be, uh, you have to know which ones are the power players or the power uh, who really have power and who are the puppets. But I finally realized when I was reading David Rockefeller's books and Zbigniew Brzezinski, and they were telling, you know, saying in their books what their plan was for the world. I don't I mean, does it really get is there any doubt after that? Uh these are people that Zbigniew Brzezinski was Jimmy Carter's national security advisor, and you know, had a lot of huge ties to Barack Obama throughout his entire life. Uh So when these people say that, and these people are in positions of power, like extreme power, when Henry Kissinger, you listen to what Henry Kissinger says, whether or not you like Henry Kissinger, I think he's a satanic piece of crap um, that should rot in hell. But when he says New World Order on TV, and and Henry Kissinger is a power, he's very, very powerful. At least uh, in perception. Now, even he is taking orders, or he's there to deliver orders from his master, uh, but nevertheless, so I was a little bit concerned because I love freedom and I love what this country is supposed to represent. And we are extremely lucky in this land of the free, home of the brave. Um, but if this power group, this, this Illuminati, uh, the Babylon Brotherhood, if they have their way, uh, that's will cease to exist. So I thought that I should do something. And for 10, 12, 13 years, I couldn't figure out other than posting on Facebook and getting into arguments and trying to put this information in front of my family, friends, coworkers, whatever. Uh, And you have to be careful there because a lot of those people, since you are coming to them, coming at them from outside the norm and outside what they hear on mainstream media, uh, you'll lose a lot of friends. And you'll be chastised, you'll be cussed at, you'll be called a traitor. Um, It's not easy. And it's not fun to say that, you know, rogue elements within our own government are working with rogue elements within other governments. Uh, It's not fun, it's not easy. But we need to be adults about this. And if we don't do something, you know, I have a 19-month-old child... I'll be goddamned if I just stand by and not at least try to get the word out or inform people how the people that represented us represent us should not be trusted. Um, you know. Now the difference between my opinion, uh, the ex- the opinions expressed on the facts reported in this show are uh, the opinions of me being anti, you know, tyranny and anti, I don't like people that are anti-freedom. So you can chastise those opinions for whatever it is that you want to chastise those for. But the facts that I represent, you know, if I don't, I usually try to report my facts uh, and let people know where I'm getting these sources um, and who's saying this. So I'd just like to briefly cover that. And what I said briefly, once again, like I always do, I talk too much, 17-minute segment on that. So last thing, why should you care? I think I just covered that. If they have their way as the Georgia Guidestones outline, I believe it's one of the commandments on the Georgia Guidestones. I believe the, the commandment is written or reads, maintain a population of humanity below 500 million. So if these people that are in control of the world and all the weapons and the armies and the United Nations and all the politicians, the presidents, the prime ministers, whoever, if they have their way, yeah. what's the population of planet Earth right now? S- uh, 7, eight billion, six billion, something like that? How many people are going to, uh, you know, meet their maker in order to achieve that commandment of a human population below 500 million. That's a lot. And odds are it's me, it's you, it's everybody. Uh, so that's kind of why I do this and why I think you should care. But like I said, you can't manipulate free will. All right. So having said that, let's get into this. Old business from the previous episode. I talked, we were talking about the Bilderberg Group and it being in uh, violation of the Logan Act. I wanted to go over the Logan Act real quick. The Logan Act, if I can find it, where'd it go? The Logan Act uh, was written into law in 1799, prohibits American citizens acting without authority from the United States government from engaging in any correspondence or intercourse with a foreign government or its representatives that interferes with U.S. foreign policy. Uh, does that not sound like the Bilderberg Group would be in direct violation? Uh, as is the Council on Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission. Um, so I just wanted to kind of go over that. You have people from our government going to a private setting, meeting representatives from other governments, um, and I would say that there's discussions that are against the best interest of America. Uh, that's my opinion. But, you know, read the law and then you, you kind of come to your own, uh, I guess, conclusion. All right. We will be right back on the Drew World Order, a subsidiary, not really of the Drew. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, Anchor. You want to start a podcast? You want to be part of the podcast revolution? A N C H O R. Dot FM to get started. All you have to worry about with Anchor is producing the podcast. They'll distribute it. They'll find you sponsors. They'll give you transition music, bumper music, whatever you need. Everything you need to make your own podcast. 2019 and 2020. Are the years of the podcast? A N C H O R dot fm to get started. That's Anchor dot fm to get started. We'll see you there.
1: Good mother of mine, I money. Investment, but my business, I'm making enough. We can't refuse.
0: Um, that's not what you were supposed to say, sir.
1: Oh, my, my bad. Uh, I don't, I don't remember what I was supposed to say. You never asked me about my business. Jose Luis Villoso, Rubio Hernandez, and this is Arrozco III. Hi, this is Agent B-Rock from the Cointel Bro surveillance agency. And I wanted to take a few moments to let you know that as an agency, we are very upset with Drew World Order. The information they are putting out there is classified information that you don't need to know about. So I'm highly recommending that you do not watch new episodes of Drew World Order Weekly. While you're at it, also do not watch new episodes of Cointel Bro with Barack Lesnar, where you can find me and the other agents surveilling you. Yes, that's correct. Surveiling you. Tune in, subscribe, like. Drew World Order, Cointel Bro, can't go wrong.
0: All right, now we are going to be getting into uh, a few things, different things. Number one, I'm not sure if anybody out there has noticed or felt this lately, but it seems like time is just flying. I don't know if that's just me, uh, but time is just gaining speed. Um, and I've been intrigued by this lately. Uh, you know, as Einstein said, time is relative. Uh, The faster you go, the more time slows down. The slower you go, the more it speeds up. So, I just wanted to give my commentary on this. And there's an article I thought that I'd just share with you real quick. Uh, It's from scientificamerican.com. It's titled, Why Does Time Seem to Speed Up With Age? James Broadway, a postdoctoral researcher in the Department of uh, Psychological and Brain Sciences at the University of Cal, Santa Barbara, not Cal Berkeley, which is where the professor allegedly teaches. Um, they answer this question through an article. Where did the time go? Middle-aged and older adults often remark. Many of us feel time passes more quickly as we age, a perception that can lead to regrets. According to psychologist and BBC columnist Claudia Hammond, the sensation that time speeds up as you get older is one of the biggest mysteries of the experience of time. Um, in 2005, psychologists Mark Whitman and Sandra Lenhoff, both in at Ludwig maximilian Maximilian University of Munich surveyed 499 participants, ranging in age from 14 to 94 years. About the pace of which they felt time moving from very slowly to very fast. For shorter durations, a week, a month, even a year, the subject's perception of time did not appear to increase with age. Most participants felt the clock ticked by quickly, uh, but for longer durations, such as a decade, a pattern... Uh, Emerged. Older people tend to perceive time as moving faster. When asked to reflect on their lives, the participants older than 40 felt that time elapsed slowly in their childhood, but then accelerated steadily through their teenage years and into early adulthood. There are good reasons why older people may feel the same way. When it comes to how we perceive time, humans can estimate the length of an event from two very different perspectives. A prospective vantage... Uh, while the event is still occurring or retrospective after it is obviously after it being, after it ended. Um, in addition, our experience of time varies with whatever we are doing and how we feel about it. In fact, time does fly when we are having fun. Uh, so what did they gain from this? Basically our brain decodes new experiences, but not familiar ones into memory Uh, And our retrospective judgment of time is based on how many new memories we create over a certain period. In other words, uh, the more new memories you build, whether it be on a weekend, gateway, a baseball game, a boating trip, whatever, the longer that trip will seem in hindsight. This phenomenon, which Hammond has dubbed the holiday paradox, seems to present one of the best clues as to why. Uh, From childhood to early adulthood, we have many fresh experiences and learned countless new skills. I mean, think about it. When you're 8, 9, 10 years old, how many Christmases have you experienced? Eight. That's why it takes forever to get there. Now, you know, as a 34-year-old, like, it's almost July. I mean, Christmas is right around the corner, folks. Um, as adults, though, lives become more re- routine. Like, we repeat. We're a r- repetitive species. Uh, and we'll talk about the reptilian brain on this show. You know, we might just talk about it today since I brought it up. Um, we experience fewer and fewer unfamiliar moments as you get into your adult routine. As a result, uh, you kind of get into the the flow of it and it just flies by. So if you want to prevent that feeling of, wow, time is speeding up, you need to introduce more and more new and uncharted waters type experiences. That's basically what they, the conclusion they come to. Um, so I just thought that was fascinating. Why does time feel like it's speeding up? Well, to answer my own question, like I've been to routine and like, uh, I haven't experienced really anything new lately or gone out onto the limb or been in uncharted water. So I'm using that as a challenge to myself to slow time down. And I hope that it slows down for you too. All right. Into the next topic. Uh, What we're going to talk about now, and just kind of do a little rapid fire, if I could find this thing. I thought this was interesting. This is from Zero Hedge. This is talking about the the earthquakes in California. Tar is literally oozing up through the streets of LA as 700 quakes hits uh, key seismic zones. This is from Tuesday, June 11th. So not that long ago. Um, This week, actually. Scientists are quite concerned about the huge earthquake swarm that has been shaking Southern California in recent weeks. And right at this moment, bubbling tar is literally coming up through the streets in one section of Los Angeles. Kind of freaky. Um, obviously, goes on to talk about the fear of the, the big one on the San Andreas Fault. But uh, I have been looking at the, the earthquake map, and there have been quite a few earthquakes out in California in the past weeks, months. So I thought that was interesting. If you want to go read this article, it's on zerohedge.com. It's just titled, Tar Literally Oozing Through the Streets. 700 Quakes Hit Key Seismic Zones. Next. uh, I'm going to talk about an article from Blacklisted News. And I have Operation Northwoods pulled up here because Operation Northwoods is kind of the blueprint for 9-11. Let me get some my computer. Let me get back to blacklisted news. So, this article that I came across and did not make people happy by introducing it to them because I'm a terrorist. Like, uh, like what what's wrong with the truth? You know, is it like it's not fun, nor is it easy, nor do you set out every morning, nor do like I don't wake up and say to myself, "Hey, how can I find a way to." Blame the you you know rogue elements of the United States government, Saudi Arabia, Israel, whoever. Uh, why why the hell would somebody want to do that? Like I'm, you know, that's I could find other things to do. I can go outside and crash my drone. I could do that all day. That seems a whole hell of a lot more frustrating than or fun. Uh, the point being, like, if you put some information in front of people. Because I had it happen this week with this story, uh, who just refused to look at it. And as soon as they saw the headline, um, would like start throwing very negative remarks and let you know what they thought of you. People in my own family, uh, even so. But does that mean that you like stop? If the the truth is the truth, no matter what, you know, even if one person, even if they're the minority of one, the truth is still the truth. So it's been a little bit, uh, it's been a rough week for me, not just because of this article, but, uh, people do not like be, you know, it's very, very alarming that people continue to just support the lie and support the programming that. By people who don't give a flying fuck about them. So I understand that these people don't give a fuck about me. Um, I wish that people in my entourage would realize that. But doesn't mean that you uh, alter your your strategy or your personality. So remember that. When the going gets rough or the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. If anybody out there is having you know, similar circumstances. So you are not defined by your job, your role. Uh, You're defined by what you think about yourself, and I I truly believe that, so keep that in mind. All right, let me find this 9-11 story. So, this is from June 8th. It's from blacklistednews.com. It's titled, uh, U.S. Military Assets Used to Attack Pentagon on 9-11. Arlington, Virginia, it looks like the United States government has some explaining to do after video and photographic evidence has surfaced showing U.S. assets, including a large military plane and live warhead-tipped cruise missile being used to attack the Pentagon on September 11, 2001. And then it has a video uh, that shows what appears to be a U.S. cruise missile striking the Pentagon. Um, tip of the missile becomes visible in one frame of the video as other frames uh, appear to be removed. And then there's an image. The next image captured just several seconds after the missile impacted the outer ring of the building it shows a large military plane pulling up and turning after following the exact approach path of the missile, shadowing it. In what appears to be a major U.S.-led, uh, led black operation, uh, kind of freaky. The image above is a screenshot via Larry Garrison. As I'm looking at the photo, I might, I'll probably post this uh, image as my podcast image for this episode. Um, it's very alarming. And I didn't hear or see anything about it on the news. Uh, very, very alarming. And especially if you look at like what happened that day on the Pentagon. The hole in the Pentagon was 65 feet across in diameter. Uh, a 757 is 124 feet from wingtip to wingtip. So why was the point of impact only 65 feet wide? I don't I, – it makes no sense, absolutely no sense. And, I mean, if you're going to find some sense to make out of it, then I would say, hey, let's have a conversation on the difference between a coincidence theorist and a conspiracy theorist. So. Surely you can't be serious.
1: I am serious. And don't call me Shirley.
0: So what they are saying, and what evidence is showed in nine, read the line eleven commission. The damage at the Pentagon resembled no in no like form, way, manner. Did not resemble the same dimensions of the damage from the point of impact regarding the the World Trade Centers, and if it was the same plane or same size plane, why? Was the damage at the Pentagon? I mean, it should almost exactly resemble the damage from the point of impact on the World Trade Centers, but that's not what happened. The the, the point of impact at the Pentagon was not that wide, uh, not as wide as a seven fifty seven. So, I mean, that that's just like ex- uh, explain that. That does that that does not make any sense. That's not. That's an anomaly, and then from that anomaly, you can go to other anomalies. Like within fifteen minutes, the FBI was at all those sites around the Pentagon uh, and had already confiscated CCTV footage of whatever it was that had hit the Pentagon. So, what leaving us with three frames, for, you know, and them saying, "This is all we got. This is all we got." Okay, I wonder why. They don't show that security footage, probably because it shows something that we're not supposed to see. Um, And it's disgusting, but add it to the list. Uh, So yeah, there's that. All right, when we come back, we are going to do a little ending activity. Um, In fact, hold on just one second. We are not going to leave yet. I was going to read a little bit of... Operation Northwoods, this is from the NSA Archive, National Archives edu. I'm getting this from the National Archives, okay? This is called Operation Northwoods, memorandum for the Secretary of Defense, and the subject is justification for U.S. military intervention in Cuba. All right, um... Joint chiefs of staff have considered the attached memorandum for chief staff operation, Cuba project, project, which responds to a request that U.S. office for brief but precise description of pretext. So basically, I'm going to outline what the plan was. And the plan was turned down by uh, President Kennedy at the time. Um, facts hearing the. So here we go. Problem would be Cuba and how to justify U.S. military intervention in Cuba. It is recognized that any action which becomes pretext for U.S. military intervention in Cuba will lead to a political decision which would uh, le- lead to military action. Has been taken as just a action by the Navy relating to generated instances in the Guantanamo area. So here we go. Discussion. The U.S. suggested... Course of action expended to closure A are based upon the premise that U.S. military intervention will result from a period of heightened U.S. Cuban tensions, placing the United States in a position of suffering justifiable grievances. World opinion and the United Nations forum should be favorably affected by developing the international image of a Cuban government as rash and irresponsible. Let's let's read it again. The suggested course of action. On the premise that U.S. military intervention will result from a period of heightened U.S.-Cuban tensions which place the United States in the position of suffering justifiable grievances. They need to present a situation that causes the world, the people of the United States, and Congress to act, is what they're saying. Um, And then also to present Cuba and the government of Cuba as rash and irresponsible, justifying the military getting involved. While the foregoing premise can be utilized at this present time, it will continue to hold good only as long as there can be reasonable certainty that U.S. military intervention in Cuba would not directly involve the Soviet Union. Uh, Okay, suggestive courses of action. Here we go. This is the plan. In order to accomplish that anger from the United States people, from the world and to get Congress to act a series of well-coordinated incidents. I'm reading right from the document. Now declassified document, a series of well-coordinated incidents will be planned to take place in and around Guantanamo to give genuine appearance of being done by hostile Cuban forces. Here we go. Incidents to establish a credible attack, not in chronological order. Start rumors. Use clandestine uh, radio, Land friendly Cubans in uniforms over the fence to stage attack on base. All right, there you go. Capture Cuban friendly saboteurs inside the base. Start riots near the main base. Blow up ammunition inside the base. Start fires. Burn aircraft on air base. Sabotage. Lob mortar shells from outside of base into base. Capture assault teams approaching from the sea. Capture militia group which storms the base. Sabotage ships. Sink ships. The United States would respond by executing offensive operations to secure water and power supply. So, the United States would send people in, agents of you know, <clears throat> agents of chaos, their own agents, dressed to appear as Cubans, <clears throat> and then our agents would start shit, only so that our military could respond. It's a false flag operation, is what they were suggesting here. United States would respond by executing offensive operations. There you go. Commence large-scale United States military operations. Uh, I remember the Nain incident would be arranged in several forms. We could blow up a U.S. ship in Guantanamo Bay and blame Cuba. That's literally from the document, 3A. That's This is what they say. Somebody suggested that we blow up a United one of our own ships in Guantanamo Bay and just blame Cuba. We could blow up a drone or unmanned vessel anywhere in the Cuban waters we could arrange to cause such incident in the vicinity of Havana or Santiago as a spectacular result of Cuban attack from the air or sea or both. The, the presence of Cuban planes or ships merely investigating the intent, uh, the intent of the vessel could be fairly compelling evidence that the ship would was under attack. That's great. I don't think do I, man, do I really need to read any more? And I I would suggest that, you know, if you haven't ever read this before, hijacking attempts against civil air and surface craft should appear to continue as harassing measures condoned by the government of Cuba. Just absolutely unbelievable. It is possible to create the incident which will make it appear that communist Cuba MIGs have destroyed a United States Air Force aircraft over international waters in an unprovoked attack. It's uh, it's scary what the people in charge of things, how they think. This is, I mean, I can't believe that I'm reading such document. And this is a declassified United States military operation entitled Operation Northwoods, which I am reading directly from the National Archives. And the date on this was March 13th, 1962. By the way, Kennedy turned this down, which I find interesting as well. So... Um how does that tie into 911? It was the blueprint for 911. Take, you know, replace Cuba with the Middle East and or Osama bin Laden or Al Qaeda. Uh by the way, Osama bin Laden was recruited, trained, funded and, you know, protected by the CIA. Zbigniew Brzezinski, he brags about it in his books or in one of his books, I believe it's the Grand Chessboard. Um, Osama bin Laden's code name, his CIA given code name since he was a CIA asset was Timothy Osman. Um and the only family that was in the air or was allowed to fly the not the evening of 9/11 while all commercial flights had been grounded in this country somehow the Bin Ladens were given the privilege to use airspace, United States airspace. And they took off that night from an I believe it was a runway in Virginia somewhere. So explain that. I mean I, I everybody else gets the doesn't get to fly. no, no like law abiding American citizens, but let's go ahead and sneak the bin Ladens out of here. I see what you did there. They are hypocrites. I mean, that's just it just blows my mind. And that's why I say the people that you try to present this information to is like, listen, I have some information that might like totally change your way of thinking. And it, it's a little alarming, but at the same time, um, I'm offering you your liberation and your complete freedom and 100% awareness to what's going on. But I also have the rule of not manipulating free will. So, take it or leave it. You got to. Uh, people have to want to know. If they just want to watch Kim Kardashian, then go tell them. I don't know what to tell them. I probably wouldn't even interact with them. And I don't mean to offend anybody who does watch Kim Kardashian. I'm sure it's a very good show with a lot of artistic merit. Um. So yeah that's what we have for today. It's a world on fire. But the only way that we are going to get through that is by not panicking, not allowing other people to dictate our thoughts about ourselves, and uh, being grateful for this universe, for everything, even when shit is not going your way. Because it's really easy to not be grateful when shit's not going your way there are so many conditional based people out there they are only happy and every like, when the, everything is going good for them and l- like everything's clicking on all cylinders they're unstoppable should any of that momentum sway to the other way for them you know polarity duality whatever they flip their shit and they panic and they don't know what to do I try to just maintain the same mentality whether i have a million dollars zero dollars a thousand friends zero friends four thousand autographed baseball cards or two um but that's me this is the drew world order and this concludes our broadcast day thank you for listening big shout out to my listeners hi carol the professor will be back at some point he's on vacation um And if you have any comments, questions, concerns, or just want to say hi, shoot me a voice message on, uh, I think you can do it from the link in the show. Other than that, I am Drubert McDrewbag signing off. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. And let me just say this. The prizes of life we fail to win because we doubt those powers within. Don't doubt the powers because we all have them. All right. Thanks, everybody. We will talk to you next time on the Drew World Order, a subsidiary, not really, of a new world order. I just hate saying that phrase. All right. Adios. Thank you and come again. Well, dudes, I'd say that's pretty much a wrap.